Ricky Vaughn, Willie Hayes. I never heard of most of them. Mitchell Friedman? Who are these fucking guys? Yeah, we're making power moves. Rockin' a Detroit groove To some American dudes Out making power moves Straight out of Grand Block, Michigan Rockin' a cold one in each hand My buddy Dave and I are Americans Just making power moves Rippin' heaters and chuggin' paps Now he lied with no clasp Blowin' shit up and chasing ass Yeah, we're making power moves and we're back. Welcome to Power Moves, episode 140. I'm your host, Mike Burns. Gnarly Zach is still on assignment. Joining me from Arizona, woo, USA, it's Clue Haywood. What's up, man? I'm doing well, Mike. How you doing? It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of your, your Twitter account, and this is very exciting. Uh, just to give the, the daddies a background, Clue's an attorney a Carl Welzine lifestyle enthusiast, uh, popular Twitter personality with a respectable 50,000 followers. And uh, the name Clue Haywood is also an alias referencing Yankees roughneck slugger Clue Haywood from one of my favorite films, Major League. And I have to preface things by saying that I don't personally know you at all other than your online persona in the first, uh, the, the 60 seconds to two minutes that we talked before this. And I... I, I Really, basically, just going through your Twitter account, you're an educated, gainfully employed, semi-degenerate who owns a dog named Kevin who likes to take dumps in your yard, and that's it. And this creates a very different dynamic than regular Power Moves episodes, where the co-pilot is usually someone I'd consider to be a close family member. But, you know, Clue, I'm sure we're going to be fast friends by the end of this. I'm sure we will. I'm a huge Carl fan. Uh, I, I would be happy to give you a 10-minute slow verbal bj about how much i love <laughs> carl uh but yeah that's a, that's my resume right there uh i am uh, a gainfully employed attorney attorney in arizona uh who uh i have a twitter alias that i make my uh, uh over a decade's worth of dick jokes on and um i like to keep those two things separate so i appreciate you using my alias and uh yeah let's uh looking forward to talking with you today mike <laughs> it, it's interesting to me how people have taken Twitter like yourself. You're not a comedian. You're not an entertainer, but you're naturally funny and you're obviously a, a naturally gifted joke writer. And it, it, it's, it's such a weird dynamic. And this is, you know, I understand you want the anonymity because I went through that for a long time and people had to hunt and peck and try and figure out how, who I was. And I didn't do this on you. I didn't want to know. You know, I didn't I didn't do this. I'm sure I could have searched and went down a uh, Reddit rabbit hole and and found out who you were. But it's way more fun this way. Don't ruin. Don't fucking ruin uh, who Santa Claus really is. You know, that's that just that, oh, yeah. that doesn't behoove you. But, how did I, you, you know, why did you decide? Sorry, go ahead. To, why did you decide to start a Twitter account? Is it is it is it because of Carl? Did you look at that and say, oh. Well, I can do this. Well, no, I, I can't. I can't credit Carl for everything. But um, I, I was commenting on Deadspin, a couple of blogs in the mid 2000s using the pseudonym Clue Haywood. And mm -hmm. then Twitter Twitter came along in 09. I, I joined in 09. It came along before that. I joined in 09, posted sporadically, but mostly jokes. You know, I have like random things that come to me during the day that 
you know, I can't, uh, I don't want to, my, my wife doesn't want to hear them and my <laughs> clients and people I work with don't want to hear them. They don't want to hear my dick jokes. So, you know, I just started posting them to almost nobody. Um, and then it grew and grew and grew over the years. Uh, certainly, I will say that Carl was a big influence during Carl's prime time. Um, you know, the, the, the Carl Assance of 11 to like 14, when I, I, I would really hang on every post and just the commitment that, that you had to, to Carl and the bit was so impressive that really it, I started posting more because um, I, I saw how you could build a character within in 140 characters at that time, you were very, you are, not were, but you are very skilled in portraying not only Carl's point of view, but also how revolted everyone around Carl is at Carl, all within a, a, a one one tweet or two tweets. Right. And it was just impressive the way that you were able to write that. So, I, you know, I, I definitely... Uh, I definitely got more involved in posting on Twitter, you know, with Carl and, and using Carl as an example. And uh, then, you know, I started gaining a following. I got up to like six or 7,000 followers. And then uh, that's all I um, have now. <laughs> that's, really? <laughs> my, per my personal account only has that many. And it's been stuck at it's like it hovers around, i don't know what it is it could be 6700 could be 70 some i think it's like 6700 something and it's been that way for i not fucking kidding like 10 years it has never the di <laughs> the dial has never moved the algorithm I, I, did did not want pizza nachos 69 to have any <laughs> sort of uh any sort of success apparently well you know, it, that happens for a long time. Like, you you know, I was at seven, I was six or 7,000 for like five years. And then in January of 19, I, I posted a lot of jokes about the Peloton exercise bike. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it went viral and everyone uh, followed me. But since then, for two and a half years now, I've been static at like 48,000. And I think Twitter, you just hit an equilibrium where that's how many people want to put up with your shit. And, uh, and, and, and you know, it, it sticks that way for a long time. Because um, I, 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 if anything, I've lost followers uh, over the last few years because they, I'm not posting about some bougie uh, uh, exercise equipment. And I'm posting about my dog, Kevin, taking dumps on my yard and uh, going to Arizona dive bars and things like that. And apparently 48,000 people don't want to hear about that shit. So I, I, uh, I've been, I've been, I've been hemorrhaging followers since then, but I think, but see, I do, I do want to hear about your dog, Kevin taking shits. And I do want to hear about your dive bars. I, you know, I, it's, I, I think that Twitter has us all by the short and curlies and, and knows that you'll keep doing it in, unless you get some sort of, because there's, there has to be something that holds that number back. There's, there's no reason that you would make it up to 48 and change. And then all of a sudden it just completely stops because people retweet things and it goes into different people's feeds and it should grow. It should organically grow, but it just does not. I, I, I don't buy that. It's, it's natural. It's a natural occurrence of people personally deciding that they're had enough of your bullshit. I just can't, I can't, well, I can't buy that. And, there's also the, the the angle you could take and say that look Twitter, you know people aren't people aren't necessarily joining Twitter. It's all it's filled with bots and it's become an cesspool, and that that's the other possibility. But I don't buy that. For ten years, I've been stuck at sixty seven hundred. 
and and I and no matter what I've and sometimes you you know because now I look at the analytics like when I tweet something I'll pull a tweet right down if it doesn't get any um any optics on it and you go to the analytics and it says uh-huh. I just like I'll put a dad boner tweet up and it says that it went out to uh, like 125 people saw it out of right now I'm down to 119 thousand followers and it, it peaked at I'd say. Uh, about 190,000 and and there's just no way (laughs) that's that many people that subscribe and they're not bots they're they're mostly legitimate because i purged all those they're mostly legitimate people that are on twitter they just don't see it and that's partially it has to be because twitter doesn't want them to see what your tweet is well uh you never thought about it that way that, that that twitter wants us to return to the uh to the food button and, 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 and press it to try to get, you know, try to get more, uh, more tweets out there and more engagement. So they, so they keep our numbers low. I never thought, never thought about it that way, but maybe, you know, maybe that's true. I know, you know, it's pathetic. I'm a, I'm, I'm a man in my forties and I'm, I, I still enjoy it when I get views and likes and retweets, I get a sense of validation. Sure. And frankly, that's, frankly, that's just pathetic. Uh, but I, but I accept that. I, I, I know, I, I know who I am. Um, but I, you know, I think, the funny thing is, is every day I get notifications of like maybe 20 new people following me, but my numbers, my overall number really go, never goes up. Right. So what I think is, is every day I get 20, I discuss 20 people enough that they're going to take the time to go hit unfollow. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I post a dog in my uh, picture of my dog taking a huge dump or something like that. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe that people aren't into that. Uh, maybe people wanted to follow for dog, exercise equipment jokes and dog, you know. dog shit fans are like, "Oh fuck yeah!" That golden lab is uh, taking a massive dump. This I haven't seen a dump like that in a long time. I gotta, I gotta get optics on this motherfucker. This is, this is fabulous. And then, you know, then, like you well, said, the other people are the, the anti dog shit uh, Twitter, anti dog shit Twitter is a, it's a real hot type of Twitter now, and they're all well. That was like 2007. Dog shit was 2007. <laughs> Where's the political commentary? I need to be uh, I need to be uh, inundated with uh, negativity that the world's going to end at all times. Yeah, that's that's my kind of my daily tweet cycle is uh, in the morning. It's uh, kind of like very earnest, uh, angry leftism, and then by the afternoon, particularly if I'm if I uh, if I hit one of the dive bars around here, by the evening I'm posting pictures of dog shit and just kind of rants. Um, right. And then you know, wake up, rinse, 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 repeat, and do it the same, do it the next day. And uh, you know, I'm 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 glad that there's all those dog shit fetishists out there that uh, that want to want to follow. <laughs> uh, I do have a pretty diverse following. I got like serious journalists and athletes and things, but also. I think probably forty seven thousand dirt bags that that uh, you know really just uh, want to hear about dive bars and dog shit. So right. I'm I'm there for both of them. Right, and you almost yeah. you almost use it in a capacity of of Instagram and Twitter at the same time. You you post a lot of photos and things. And I I for a while was full Instagram and I didn't care about Twitter. And I found that in the last month or so that Instagram tended to suck up more of my time for no reason and it didn't ever give me any sort of sense of of uh validation whatsoever anymore it was just why am i i i and it was ruining my day i was constantly taking a picture of every goddamn blt that i ate or (laughs) you know every time i went to a movie or every time i played golf i had to take five or six pictures to put content up and i got rid of the app 
and I still have the accounts, but I don't go on. Like, it'd be a real fucking hassle for me to log back into Instagram, and so I'm never going to do it. I don't even know what the passwords are. But in, but Twitter I find to be much more disposable because I cut my followers, my following down to a very small number. I think it's under 100, and I'm just going to slowly rebuild. But there's only so much content on there. I whip through it in, in two, three minutes a couple times a day, and that's it. And that's what I used to like about Twitter and and even MySpace or Instagram was that there was a bottom. You know, you could get to the bottom of Instagram. You could go to you could have seen everyone's picture from that day and know where the date is. It but now the algorithm just pumps stuff at you where on a like let's say Instagram, you'll go on there and see some guy out for a steak dinner. That's one of your buddies. And you're like, what the fuck? What is Carl doing? At a, it's Tuesday at 1130 at night. What the fuck is he doing? Eating at, uh, Delmonico's or some shit. And then you realize that you look at the date and it's from a week ago. And they'll just and it's, that defeats the whole purpose for me. It used to be Instagram. It used to be what am I doing right now? Not <laughs> what what you did a fucking week ago. That's antiquated now and I don't care about. Well, yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm here. I am a Twitter user, but I'm, I'm going to say that Instagram is pretty narcissistic. Uh, but of course, you know, I tweet and love the and love the uh, the approval that I get. But sure. Instagram, you always have you always have to have a picture, and everyone curates their pictures perfectly and uses, you know, fucking retouching and shading and whatever. Right. And it's always it's always look how cool I am. Whereas. Twitter, I mean, I would say half of the tweets that I send out are examples of me absolutely getting owned all day <laughs> by by my dog, by my stepson, by my clients, by people on the road, people on the street. Right. Um, I post my losses on Twitter, whereas on Instagram, it seems like it's always like, yeah, you know, big steak and, you, hey, you you went, here's your feet on a beach. And I, instead of people's Instagram face, like people's, they put their face up like every day, like it takes it. It's impossible for me to find any photo where I don't look like a bloated strawberry mess. You know, like I'm, just, I'm not putting this on there. Like I have some pride. Like some people just do not give a f, and they just any old pick, or they're handsome, or they're hot chicks, and they can put up any photo looks great. Mine don't. Yeah. And I just I don't even like looking at the photos that I would take of myself in the event when I would put one up. Like oh my god. I don't want to face this. I don't want to face my face. I, there's no way this is getting put up. And then half the time, and then when I did put one up, it's like something that I had the perfect angle and the lighting was right and the filter was right. And I'm like, hey, I look at my beard doesn't look like a like a fucking raccoon knot off of patches of it today. <laughs> I better put this up real quick. You know, really yeah, that, show that everyone your, what a hot stud. Yeah, that one that once a year photo where you look good, but you got to do it every single day of your life. Right. No, I, I no way. Uh, I don't I don't it, I, I would love to run an Instagram that's kind of like an anti Instagram that basically shows, you know, places where I go and the, like the bathrooms at Gypsy's Roadhouse in yeah. Phoenix. And yeah, okay, this place, this looks like this This looks worse than county. Uh, and this is where I'm hanging out, um, you know, kind of just do the anti Instagram where you're not on a beach wearing some giant brimmed hat. Um, you know, sh sipping some drink and making duck lips. Well, that's what uh, my, mine was essentially was always just like a um, 
a, a mountain, a big gulp uh, Mountain Dew. Like, <laughs> and, was, and it was like, oh, the lighting's really cool. This red cup really pops right now. And just great day for a Dew, you get, you know, or whatever the fuck. And it would, get, it would get like six likes. And then, like, my roommate would put up a picture of him just drinking a beer on the porch, but it was his handsome face. 103 likes immediately. <laughs> And I'd be like, why the fuck does this get all this? And you're like, well, you got to put your face in it, bro. You got to put your face yeah. on there. So people want to see your face. I'm like, well, I don't want to show my face. I want to show my fucking big gulp because that's what I would want to see. I don't I don't want to see people's faces for no reason. I don't want to see pointless selfies. I want to see your pizza. I want to see that you've got like Guy Fieri <laughs> sponsors some new Code Red Mountain Dew bottle that I haven't seen yet. That's what that's what I'm interested in. So anyway, I, 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 so, you know, Insta Instagram's for horny people and, and Twitter's for depressed people. So it works, it works out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You, you've you never done a podcast before. Like, is that a, no. is that a, is that a decision that you made or were, you've never been asked? Cause I can't believe that you haven't. Um, I've, I've been asked when I, certain tweets have gone viral or things like that. Like in, uh, I want to say 2016, um, I was doing this thing when the, when the Cubs were, were winning, um, in the playoffs, I was playing Go Cubs Go, Cubs Go at uh, on using remote jukebox apps. I was playing all over bars in St. <laughs> St. Louis, and so people caught wind of it, and I, I got in requests for interviews and things like that. And I declined them all because I, you know, I kind of want to stay anonymous. Um, I have been asked to do a podcast be podcast before, but uh, Mike, uh, you, you know, yeah, as I said at the top of the show. Um, you know, Carl and you are such a big influence in my life. Tear, I'm I'm crying right now that uh, <laughs> that I'm that I'm I'm honored I'm honored to make this the first and possibly the last. But uh, I, I really wanted to be there for you, and I appreciate being asked. I I appreciate the exclusive. I it's that's yeah. It's that's that's the that's that's your payment to me for those years of entertainment. That's all. It's all I ask is this exclusive uh, piece of content for sixty or so minutes. So your your identity is uh, is anonymous, like you said. It's it is it, you. You're just Clue Haywood, and that's it. And you, see, because you said when we talked briefly on email before, while we scheduled this, you seemed concerned that you wouldn't have the chops to go and just talk on a podcast. And I think you sold yourself short because I told you all you got to you're the brick wall. And I'm the guy with the tennis ball and I'm just going to throw it off the tennis ball. <laughs> and anything you say is fan fucking tastic. My buddy, uh, snowman <laughs> who's UPS driver. He's done three of these shows. He's, he's, he's never done anything remotely, uh, in the entertainment field. And you've got pretty good pipes. Your pipes are good. Oh, well, I thought you were going to be, all some, right. I thought you were going to be like some, uh, some, you know, you'd pull back the curtain a little bit. You'd be some dopey mush mouth <laughs> would just sit there. Oh. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I, I, Clue Haywood's a, I take some artistic license with the, with, you know, the Clue Haywood. It's, it's not me a hundred percent, but um, yeah, I mean, I am a six foot three, 275 pound idiot that loves to go uh, to dive bars and, uh, and uh, you know, stir shit up a little bit. And I appreciate the kind words. Big uh, boy. You know, I was helped, I was helped out quite a bit when your producer uh, emailed me, Who's also your producer is also named Mike Burns, I guess. Uh -huh. And and my he, he my producer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's not. It wasn't you, right? You have an assistant. Um, <laughs> no, but I got a, no. I got an email, and 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 the advice was, uh, 
I said, hey, it's my first podcast. I'm not really sure if I'm going to be any good at this. Uh, and the advice was, you don't have to do shit. Just let the words come out of your mouth. And you know what? Yeah, that could have saved me three years of law school right there. So uh, I, I, I appreciate it. Did you go to law school later in life or is that a, is that a lifetime? I took, I took a couple years out um, after college because I had a 2.6 GPA from the University of Arizona uh, after a five-year uh, five five program. And uh, I needed to uh, work uh, somewhere else for a few years. So actually what I did um, was I worked for a for college fraternity, uh, traveling around to their chapters and making sure that they were, uh, you know, their finances were good and trying to work with them on risk management, things like that. But basically just going to college town, from college town to college town and uh, crashing on couches and, you know, working for a day and then going out for three straight days, uh, you know, boozing. And Sounds so, great. you know... Oh, it was it was probably the best. It's by far the best job I've ever had. I I, uh, I I miss it very much, but it'd be kind of pathetic at my age right now to do it again. Um, crashing on college couches and going to uh, college bars. Right. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, but you probably see. I would still like to do the the bar activities and the hangout portion, but I'm a I'm a hotel man. I can't sleep on somebody's couch, or I'm I'm ruined for days. I'm. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> I'm decimated. Well, I. I I, I would I would get drunk enough where the couch would look great. And uh, yeah, so I'd be the authority figure at age 22 coming in and telling all these undergrads what to do. And then they'd want to kiss my ass. So they'd take me out to uh, bars and introduce me to their yeah. uh, female, female friends. And uh, frankly, it was one of the it was a year and a half job, two year job. And it was the best best job I ever had. Yeah, you and, got college uh, part two. Yeah, but without going to class. Right. Yeah. Which, um, you know, 2.6, you weren't going to class all the time. Well, that's 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 accurate. I I, I failed art. Um, I like that's that's how that's how little I, I regarded going to going to school undergrad. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so. I, I I gutted my way through it, and I was lucky enough that I went to a a Catholic school where because uh, you paid for it, your parents paid for it, you were given an ex oh. an excessive amount of homework. So college was not that bad. You I really could just kind of hang out and. And buzz my way through it, and sure, I sure I failed uh, pre-algebra, algebra. Can't even say algebra. Failed, failed pre-algebra my freshman year, and that was the class that didn't give you any credit, but you had to pass it in order to take the other math class that I would also be horribly, horribly uh, underskilled to be able to under. I'm bad at math, like I can't. Like it just doesn't work for me my brain doesn't do math whatsoever so your financial advice or whatever the way your brain works probably would have been helpful <laughs> well I, I went to the university of arizona this was in the 90s so our yearly tuition was like 1300 dollars. um so i didn't feel that bad about the investment going bad uh <laughs> and, and so you know i would skip I would skip almost all the classes. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Nashville network, but I'd watch Dukes of Hazard marathons most of the time oh, yeah. during the day. And then, um, you know, and then go out boozing at night to uh, dirt bags or, or the buffet or some of the classics around Tucson and, sure. and just kind of rinse, repeat and do that for five years. And then at the end of five years, they handed me a piece of paper and I said, all right, um, now I'm going to go crash on couches at colleges and uh, uh, go drinking. So it's incredible. It, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, it sounds incredible. So like you're you you're a big proponent of dive bars. You're an enthusiast, I would say. So absolutely, what do you think makes a great dive bar? What do you think ruins a great dive bar? Like, where's the sweet spot? 
there a bar can be a dive but not a dive in, a, in an endearing good way mm-hmm. uh there are places that i that i know here in, in, in arizona that are dives and people are like hey you ever been to this bar and i'm like yeah i have and it's and it's disturbing because there's no character you don't have uh, an engaged kind of surly yeah. bartender. It's just filled with illness and death. <laughs> it's just filled with illness and death and people just sitting there coughing and waiting to die. And there's like three or four places that my, that, that people always say, Oh, you, you got to go to, maybe I don't want to name names, but that oh, shit. I will like the well bar in Scottsdale or a couple other places in town where it's just literally like straight up alcoholism, dead enders. Right. And that's no fun. That's no fun. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there to banter with a surly, but lovable bartender, a couple of regulars, you know, that, that really cr- a cross section of, Oh shit. We got a storm going on. Um, sorry. If the lightning, uh, you can hear no, 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 just adds um, character. Yeah, no, it's, it's a spooky night, a spooky afternoon here in Phoenix. Um, but, you know, you got to have the cross-section of, uh, of, of people there. You know, you got people who work nine to fives, people who, who are contractors and wearing those yellow day glow shirts who are fun and funny and just kind of shooting the shit. And, you know, you, everyone kind of gets along. Everyone knows everyone's personalities. You don't really see each other outside the bar like you're not buddies all the time. But you roll in there and, like, you know, they're your best friends. Right. That's cheers. that's what that's what makes a good dive. Yeah, like cheers. Although cheers was kind of too nice to be a dive bar, but but sure, yeah, but along, along the lines, the camaraderie, and that's yeah, the, the, that's, the, com- the, that's the camaraderie. The, that's the primetime television version of that. Yeah, like you, you, they don't want to have cheers where you know there's a there's a dude doing math in the bathroom. But frankly, that's the reality of a dive bar. Um, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> like you might walk in on some dude in there doing that, uh, but you know personality history it's got to it's got to smell a little bit mm-hmm. um you know it's it's it probably uh, have a, a heavier you know some some people who are alcoholics but not like abject like i'm just here to silently i'm not here to silently kill myself um functional alcoholics like you put the fun in functional and uh, that's that's what makes a good dive bar and there's a lot of great places around arizona in fact before the pandemic I was planning on um, putting together uh, just kind of a book of all the places that I recommend in Arizona. I've, I've posted a bunch, over 100 to, to my Twitter account over the years. Um, but there are some great, great dives in some small towns in Arizona okay. and, 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 and in bigger towns like Phoenix, where you get these totally off-the-wall personalities, hermits, you know, but, but lovable. And of course, you got a bunch of places that are just abject alcoholism. I, t- I tend to avoid those. I will add on that I think an, a great dive bar. They don't all have to have it. They don't all have food. But my favorites always have a small, limited menu, some sort of yeah. uh, a menu that is is heavily laminated that has like a grilled Reuben, a grilled cheese, a burger, a hot dog, fries, like fried mushrooms. Like that's it. And you, it's and it's yes. cheap, and the bar smells like it. And I'm okay with walking out of there. Some people hate when those dive bars or small bars like that, like your clothes reek when you walk out of there. I, I, I find it endearing and I find it better, a better option than the dirty mop water smell. I would rather have the uh, uh, 50 years of cigarette smoke built into the walls and the carpeting and the uh, grease pouring out of the ki- uh, kitchen into the air. Then yeah, absolutely. The, then the puke, then the puke smell. 
Absolutely. I, I, there's a dive bar I go to regularly here in Phoenix. I'm a big fan of. They have the laminated menu that was made with Microsoft Word, maybe a couple pieces of old clip art. Yeah. And a couple and a lot and, of typos. And literally has, has <laughs> 20 the, words. Has seven, there's 20 words on this. You spelled burger wrong four times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they spelled the name of the restaurant wrong. Right. Uh, but but apostrophe is also a place. It has a separate kitchen, but if somebody orders some food down the bar and they drop it in the fryer, I'm at the other side of the bar and I can smell and be like, oh, yeah, somebody ordered the mushrooms. Right. Uh, I know. I know exactly what the scent is. Um, And that's that's a great place. One of my favorite places in town here is called JT's. It has an open kitchen and basically a tiny little grill and they make the best wings in the world. You walk out of there and you reek of wings and sauce and, you know, um, just the smoke that comes off the grill because it's right there in the middle of the bar. Sure. But I love it. Don't mind it at all. And the the nice thing for you, or at least in, in also in Los Angeles, is that you'd go into these bars that would make you, you know, your clothes be absorbed with all this grease air. And but you don't have on a lot of clothes. You have on pants, shirt, shirts, uh, shorts, T-shirt, stuff that you could just strip off, throw in the laundry. It's not a big deal. In Chicago, it, in a place like like I lived there for seven years. Uh-huh. Went to all die. Bar. You'd go in there and you've got on like a thick, big, fat down coat and gloves and a hat and two pairs of pants and boots. That stuff you can't just throw in the washer. <laughs> Your coat is destroyed. <laughs> and, as, and when I lived there, you could smoke in the in the bars too. And I was when I was doing stand up comedy at a show, I would probably I'd rip down two packs in a in a four six hour period. And everything I owned was so rancid that you couldn't wear it. And it cost you an extra 12 bucks because you had to take that coat to the dry cleaner. There's no way. You, sometimes I wouldn't even bring it in the house. I go on the back porch, <laughs> leave it out in the pile of snow and be like, that, that fucker's going to the dry cleaning at some point. I can't guarantee when, so it might as well just stay out here. Hopefully it'll air out and no cats will piss on it. Um, I never thought of that about that, but yeah, in the Midwest, I guess you probably have your one bar outfit that you just keep filthy. Yeah, uh, like in in the garage. I had a bar coat. When you're gonna... I, I had a yeah. I had a bar winter jacket, and that was for the bar. And then if I was going to go out like for a nice dinner with the lady, that was a completely different different uh, gimmick. There, you posted. Oh. I saw uh, some malorts. Where did you find that? There, uh, in a, a, I was, yeah. Uh, if you're well, not familiar, Malort is a look is a liquor that tastes like rotten flowers. It is a, yes. it is, it is bad, bold flavors, <laughs> bad, bold flavors. And that's, that's a great way to put it. Those are bad um, ones though. No. Uh, yeah. It, it is. You're not going to flavor town. You're, you're going to the bathroom and, <laughs> and, and, and in competitive eating, they call it a reversal. Going to uh, flavor yeah. condemned neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> flavored ghost town. Yeah. Um. The, uh, I I had it a few times. I, I went to Chicago quite a bit when I was uh, working my first job that I I talked about earlier, and so I had it in Chicago once or twice. But then I was at a dive yesterday afternoon evening, um, in Scottsdale called TT Roadhouse, which I it's a great little dive bar. I've had a lot of fun in Scottsdale. The only the times I've been to Scottsdale, I've had a, a great time. I can't tell you what Italian restaurant I, I I ate at, but it definitely seemed mobbed up, and I had a nice cigar and a great meal. And that that might be the thing I hang my hat on why I love Scottsdale so much. But I've had great times in Scottsdale. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple different scout stills. You can do the club shit, and you can pretend it's L.A. or Miami or something like that. That's and if you me. do that, I don't. Then I don't. Yeah, obviously, it's not you. It's not <laughs> me. I, it, it, no, no, no offense. I mean, that's fantastic. That's a compliment. It's not you. But you can do that <laughs> if you want here. Um, but it's kind of pathetic. Uh, you know, if you're if you're especially if you're in your 40s and you're going to some of these clubs, like some of my frankly, some of my single friends still do. Well, um, but then there are other places. Scott, so, you know, there's 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 good food. There's, uh, you know, some really great, really great restaurants, uh, some that are mobbed up, as you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> um, but some great, some great dive bars, uh, especially in South Scottsdale, you got some good dive bars and a lot of uh, kind of weird, weird burned out desert people. So there, there's a lot of fun to be had in Scottsdale, but Scottsdale gets a bad name because of the, the clubby, um, you know, wannabe California bullshit that happens there. Right. But uh, there, there are some there are some places to go that are that are that are blast. This place, uh, TT Roadhouse, it's a little dive bar with a pretty good um, selection of craft beers. And uh, it's probably only about, you know, a thousand eight hundred square feet. But they have they have they had a bottle of Malort. And I have no idea if that uh, it, it was allowed. If it's I, I doubt it has a tax stamp or a distributor on it. But uh if you ask nicely, they've got a little uh, malort behind. And I, I, I said, hey, let let me relive that horrible period of my life again, um, and I did, and it was disgusting. So I had a little <laughs> bit last night, and uh, and I didn't, I didn't, I kept it down. Um, yeah, it's not like if if you drink, if you're a drinker, you can handle it. It's not going to kill you. But but somebody who says things like, wow, that drink is too strong, a shot of malort will uh, will uh, will catch on the back on the bottom of your throat like a bungee cord and it's coming back up well somebody sent me uh, i guess malort has kind of leaned into it uh, leaned oh, into sure. it being uh, in terms of marketing they basically said hey if you want to if you want to unfriend somebody in real life buy them a shot of malort and <laughs> you know they, they've leaned into the fact that they know they suck uh though they know that it's awful but i but as a chicago tradition right um you know, you got to do you got to do it at least once, maybe twice, maybe three times if you're dumb, if you're dumb like me. Yeah. Yeah. They they reached out to me, I would say, five or six years ago. And they're really nice guys. They they did really lean into it. They sent me a hoodie and T-shirt and they sent me a bottle. And mm-hmm. I lived with uh, my buddy Brido, who's a regular on the program here. And we kept it under the sink with our cleaning products for <laughs> four months. It sat it sat under the sink. We didn't even want it out. It was just because we had all taken shots when we got it. Like, nope, this goes down here with the Ajax and the other poison. And I've never told this story because I'm so ashamed of it. And, 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 and I'll tell it to you. I was in the middle of a real like deep depression. Um, and the house was, was dry. We were out of beer. Like there was nothing. There was just nothing. And yeah, I would medicate with alcohol from time to time. I was never a full blown alcoholic, but I definitely abused it and used it for medicine at points, especially, especially in like in, in ways that I shouldn't have when I was in darker periods. Now I'm more of a light beer guy. I can have one IPA and I'll have a couple cocktails, but I'm not, I'm not draining a bottle and I need some booze. We don't have any, I've, probably not slept for a week because of insomnia which adds to the depression and it's a snowball effect so i get out of bed at like 4 a.m i go down the stairs and i know it's in there and I'm like there's there's that's down there maybe if i just have some sips like a little bit of hard alcohol make me be able to go to sleep at least for a couple hours and i sat there in the dark all the lights off with a i got a coffee mug mug out that uh, said buenos dias on it i still have it 
and I and I and I poured little sips one after the other in the dark and I drank the entire bottle straight out of a fucking coffee mug in the dark 4 a.m. in Los Angeles and I put the bottle back I'm like I don't know I don't know what to do with this I just I put it back and maybe there was like a shot left or a couple dribblings and I and I forget about it Couple days later, my my buddy Brido, very close friend, like a brother to me, he finds this uh, bottle underneath the, and I don't know what he was doing under the sink because that motherfucker never cleaned a goddamn thing. <laughs> and he comes out into the living room and he shows it to me, just holding it in his hand like I'm a dog, and says, "No, no, <laughs> you don't do that, Burns. You don't do that. What the fuck is wrong with you?" The fuck is wrong with you? No, no. And he threw it in the trash and like went upstairs and slammed the door. <laughs> and I never felt so low because he knew he understood. He would go through some of the things that I did. He, he knew what was going on. It wasn't like a moment of, well, I don't know. Maybe some we had people over and they drank it. No, he he just instantly knew that I sneakily drank a whole bottle of Malort's and probably was he's bright enough to figure out my patterns and that I would have drank it out of a coffee mug. And I, I just, I never felt so low in my entire well, life. And this is like, because I tell, you know, because of the, the show and the, and the dad boner stuff, I tell lots of fun time drinking stories that like, yeah, I w- I've done that before. But this is one of those things that I've had bottled up and because I don't know you, and you're just like, yeah, that's that's fucking gross. But you're not going to side eye me about it. I feel comfortable uh, telling you that. I- well, I'm not going to side. I'm not going to side eye about it because we're not we're not on video. But um, <laughs> but you know, I do a lot of. I, I believe me, I've been uh, number one. Thanks for telling the story. That's that's hilarious and sad at the same time. <laughs> number two, your 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 friend is a good friend for uh, you know. He's your roommate. He's your buddy. I'm sure he was a drinking buddy, but at some point he said, "Hey, <laughs> he quit. <laughs> no, he, he, he quit like three years ago. He threw the he threw the towel completely in. He's like, yeah, well, and, and this is a story he doesn't mind me telling. But we came, we we were going to a football game, and he had gone home the night before, and we we found him still wide awake, blotto on the couch. Like we're supposed to go to a Rams game, and and we're like, what are you fucking doing, man? Like my my girlfriend at the time had to tie his shoes, and he just kept saying, "Vod from the freeze." I was <laughs> vod from the freeze. We wouldn't open the freezer. There, sure enough, there's one. There's two empty bottles. One of the bottle has like a a quarter of it left, and and shortly thereafter, he made the wise decision decision like I should have, and just went cold turkey. Hasn't had a sip since. Hey, good for him. I, you know, I do a lot of alcohol humor. I, I, you know, I do a lot of drinking. I, I, but I, like you, I've kind of calmed down to where I'm a domestic, domestic beer kind of guy. Uh, you know, drink some light beers, uh, never get too out of control or anything like that. But yeah, there, there's a, there's a definite dark side. And if you can't recognize the dark side, then that, uh, you know, then that becomes a big problem that you can't recognize. Hey, I need to pull back a little bit when you really lean into it. And I've had, people in my life that have leaned into it you, you need to uh, even though i'm drinking buddies with them or something i'll grab them by the scruff of the neck and say hey you need to cool out a little bit right, so we can't hang out yeah. anymore if you're gonna fall out yeah, the floor we can't hang out bar. anymore because 
you're gonna, you're gonna have to go to the well bar because that's for that's for the real alcoholics. I, I'm, I'm I still like the fun bar. Thank right. You. You're gonna get us um, banned yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next time you get in a fight at Gypsy's Roadhouse, uh, we're gonna get thrown out. We're gonna have to go to the well bar. <laughs> right. And that and that's the and that's the last place you want to be. And that's not to say that on a Saturday I won't float in a pool and suck down a dozen white claws. But I mean, that's like that's progress. Uh, and I had this discussion with Snowman the other day. He's like, "Boy, I'm getting real fuckered up lately, man. Oh boy." Oh boy, I gotta slow it down. I'm like, look, man, we used to suck down bottles of Jack Daniels like it was Diet Coke, and look at us now. We're just we're out in the sun sipping White Claws. This is what teenage girls drink. We can have <laughs> as many of these as we want. No one's gonna get off the rails to the point of doing anything that might be construed as as wrong. <laughs> no, it's impossible right. to drink enough White Claws to really do you, anything you, you to ruin your life. You'll eventually get too bloated and full before you get drunk enough to do to do something really stupid with White Claw. At least at least that's that's my theory. I, I drink Coors Light, so I you know I can drink fifteen Coors Lights in a sitting, sure. But at, at you know a certain point, I just have, it just makes me want it makes me want to pee a lot. I don't really right. I don't want to uh, I don't want to go knock over a liquor store or anything. Well, six three so. two seventy five. You can uh, you can probably put away a full suitcase and you'll be just. Uh, fine. I have done. I, I have done. Uh, I've done some damage a few few times. I, about four or five years ago, I, I tried to measure myself at the Prescott Arizona Rodeo, and I I hit sixty nine beers in a day, and that Ooh. was that, that, that. Then I retired uh, from <laughs> from challenging myself like that. I was hungover for about three days. Yeah, and dehydrated. Yeah, uh, and also, you know, I, I, at the time I was like thirty nine years old, and I was like, this is probably not a very good idea to uh, to keep living. So I, uh, I I pulled back a little bit. You really Wade Boggs it. You really Wade Boggs it. But I, it, it's shocking that you can, because people say like you can't drink that many beers. I'm like, if I want to, I can drink a case of Bush Light in a day. It's not. It's oh, yeah. it doesn't taste like anything. It doesn't get you. At a certain point, you just plateau, and you're just really the only thing that's happening is you're ruining your liver and your kidneys. Yeah. They're just being, yeah. they're working so hard to just pump, make everything into pee, but it, you don't really get that much of a benefit of it. Um, no, you're, so, you're pouring sand through a strainer. Yeah, it's, so, it's just. So that sounds like a, a moment of like what I wanted to ask you. Have you have you had a come to Jesus moment? Is the 69 beers the pinnacle or was there one that was, uh, hey, man, maybe I got to switch back to a LaCroix and Caesar salads for a couple weeks? <laughs> um, yeah, the 69 beer night was uh, definitely, uh, you know, after I did that, I kind of did it as like a stunt on Twitter and kept track of it. I had some friends with me. I started at like eight in the morning. Well, that's fun. Using Twitter, as, using social media to track something awful you're doing always makes it justifiable. <laughs> This is, oh, absolutely! This is That's a creative not, I, thing. Yeah, this is this is to build my fan base online. As my family looks at me and says, "Who the fuck are you? Why, why are you doing this?" Um, but <laughs> no, no, sixty-nine, uh, <laughs> sixty-nine beers, mom. No, my mother wasn't there. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the although I have drank drank a lot of beers with her before. Um, I come from a long line of uh, of heavy drinkers. I think I'm much. I, I come from a long line of Arizonans, which I think is uh, kind of goes hand in hand. Oh yeah, I, um, my, my family's from Michigan and they're German, so uh, beer is our yeah. middle name. We're Irish and Scottish out here, which is great under the sun, um, mm -hmm. but also we also we uh, we tend to we tend to drink quite a bit. But uh, yeah, no, that was definitely one of them. I've had a few other ones that I uh, 
probably probably shouldn't talk about on here a couple there's Fair been enough. a couple times that i've absolutely fucked up on twitter and um uh, i've had to pay a certain price for that and yeah i totally i totally admit it and uh and i and i wear it sure um because because i was having a little too much uh fun and uh sent some things out that were very irresponsible so yeah there, there's been quite a few um doesn't mean i'm not going to go home and uh, have a couple of uh coors lights or ipas when i get home tonight right no i probably will but. <laughs> you got to you gotta have something <laughs> yeah. man the world's the world's over so just do it just just try and uh just try and keep the pedal at like 65 miles an hour and just keep just keep going and uh but it's been it's you know the, the pandemic was tough you know you're like all right the world's uh, world's ending we're uh, we're all sitting at home uh they dropped the price i don't know if you noticed this but they dropped the prices on alcohol during the pandemic which was which was fantastic magnanimous of the of the liquor retailers yeah but like you know uh, well, I was I buying. A lot of people, I was buying fifths of Jim Beam at the grocery store for eight ninety nine. Oh yeah, insane. In, in Michi- oh, yeah. Michigan, doesn't that was in Los Angeles? Michigan doesn't have that same whatever their liquor taxes or their price structure. It's always twenty bucks, always. So it was a shock to me, and it really stopped me from buying any sort of hard alcohol. I'm like, I used to buy this for nine dollars. I'm not paying you fucking twenty plus tax and change for this fucking Jim yeah, Beam. Uh- yeah, and they they dropped the price of Tito's, which is kind of my my hard liquor of choice, down to like fourteen bucks Safeway, and uh, so I, the pandemic is hard because you know you feel like the world's ending, you're getting depressed, you're sitting at home. So I think that really uh, it bored. I, I think it, I think that really separated out the, uh, the the real dead enders with people who were like, okay, I can pull back a little bit, and I feel like I, I feel like I did um, during I de- that time. I, Not- I, I definitely did quit. Um- IPAs for a long time and I guess I still I haven't started back up on those but I was I had a real IPA six-pack habit a day during during COVID where it was you know a a six-pack of uh, like stone delicious seven percent and that was that was to get the get the evening started around five right and then like well now I better be responsible toss down a a dozen Coors Lights on top of this and and this this seems fine right and it was not and I I started yeah. I started to get real fluffy. <laughs> the old box started to turn into a pillow. Well, I I can't say that I've come back from that. Uh, I, I definitely uh, I've definitely got my my pandemic coat on, which is great when it's 110 degrees out here in Arizona. Oh yeah. Um, to to carry around about 40 extra 40 50 extra pounds. Right. Um, anyway, do you do you All right. do you smoke or have you like do you smoke cigs or or do you vape? Uh, when when i have a few drinks i like to have one or two but i don't not regularly i don't i don't when i'm dead ass sober absolutely not it's actually it actually grosses me out to even smell it right but if you have three or four beers you're like man i really want one so that's kind of been the way i've I, frankly i've smoked i think since since high school like that where you know if i go a week or two without you know having more than a couple of beers i don't, I don't smoke at all i don't crave it at all right but if i if i sit if i'm sitting in the backyard watching kevin poop uh, that's my dog, by the way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Not, yeah, not just some dude that comes to my yard and poops. <laughs> but uh, what you know, if I'm just sitting in the backyard and I'm having a few beers, I, hell yeah, I want a cigarette. So yeah, I still, I still smoke every once in a while. Um, although I, I don't think my, I told my insurer that my life insurer. Nope. So maybe I, I. Nobody gots to know about that. That's, that's all right. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's you're probably okay. I doubt they listen to this. Cool. Show. I, uh, I quit a couple <laughs> years ago. I think it's close to two years. And I still, oh. I still chew nicotine gum. I've not been able to kick that. But um, uh, everyone except for one of my buddies had quit smoking cigarettes in Los Angeles. There was one guy left, and I could deal with that. 
But here, people still smoke cigarettes, like at barbecues, at at pool parties, and it makes me want one so bad. And it's been really yeah. difficult. So I've bought Jewel uh, vape pens to leave at their houses. <laughs> so that when I'm there, I, 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 because there's a, every man has a breaking point. Every man has a point where everyone's smoking the, I can have one. I can have one. That's what your brain's going to tell you, but I can't. I can't, right. I, I, right. I, Clue, I cannot have a cigarette. If you're ever hanging out with me and you like, you see me at some, it, don't give me a cigarette. You could never get, no one, no one give me a fucking cigarette ever because. I will go buy some the next day. I am a cigarette junkie, and sometimes you have to admit <laughs> that you have a severe problem with the with a substance because I would be able to kick the goddamn gum. And the gum, I've I've done all kinds of research. I talked to my dentist. She said, "Yeah, it stains your teeth a little, but you're not going to get like some cyst or something from it." So it make it makes me content, and it makes me not smoke. But I started to get the urge, so uh, it, it's probably not a smart move. But I did get a jewel pen to just leave places. Where I'm like, okay, go get me the jewel pen. Go get me the jewel pen. As long as I don't my, have my, it. My, my wife, my wife, had, my wife does the jewel. She has, she, she vapes, um, and I make fun of her for it to no end. Uh, you know, I use the line from True Detective season two when Colin Farrell said, "Isn't that like sucking a robot's dick?" Um, right. To her, she she loves it when I say it. She thinks it's hilarious. Um, at not at all, uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, I try that. It's not as satisfying. It's no. not. I. I I got to have that, that smoky tar nicotine rush to the lungs right. where you cough a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever earnestly really tried to give it up, but you know, uh, every year I'll do uh, sober January or so and into February, I'll do like 50 days where I, I don't drink and I'll lose some weight and work out and stuff. And when I do that, I don't smoke a bit. In fact, it just, it grosses me out to smell sure. it, but I'll tell oh, you yeah. what, you got four, three or four beers in me. I'm at, I'm at, uh, you know, I'm at the dirty, dirty drummer in Phoenix. Man, I want a cigarette. I'm gonna bum. I'm gonna bum a menthol off somebody. That's how bad I want a cigarette. Right, and that menthol, just one menthol. Woo, boy, lungs get really <laughs> opened up. You go outside, and that's part. It's part of it. It's the whole. Like I never, I don't think I've ever. In rare occasions, I have, but for the majority, never like smoked in a house or smoked in an apartment that I lived in because that's vile and disgusting to me. But stepping outside, absolutely. <laughs> And smoking a pack and a half a day, somehow for some reason, completely fine. <laughs> You're 100 percent correct. I was I I am so disgusted by by during the day looking outside of my office building and seeing people in the smoking area sucking down cigarettes. At, it's 105 degrees outside. It's noon. I'm like these fuck these disgusting people. And then you know four hours later, I, I decide to go to happy hour. And then I you know I'm sucking down a cigarette myself. But that's uh, one. when I see somebody you know that's when I see like somebody lunch. smoking in a car. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When I see somebody smoking in a car, it grosses me out. With the windows open, <laughs> with, with the, the windows <laughs> up, with the windows up, with the windows up, is insane. Yeah, I'm like, it's why would you do that? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I would I, see. I couldn't not smoke when I drove, but the windows were all down, and I had a system where you have the the defrost on or whatever that whatever that is where you don't need frost, but the, whatever that fan is, and you crack yeah. just the driver's side window. It all you're still going to get some residual smoke in this car. But if you do that system, it all sucks right out like a vacuum. Right. But that's a good system. That's a that's a lot better than having it inside your Dodge Stratus. Uh, just kind of s swirling around. Right. And marinating in your in your clothes while you while you go to your 
go to your job you well, know? and you're constantly constantly inhaling the secondhand smoke you're you're double killing yourself even worse i think almost <laughs> is is all the windows down with the cigarette because it's blowing everywhere there's ash right. everywhere if the cherry falls out you've got another hole from the last time the cherry <laughs> fell out in the back seat and it, and that's just a, that that doesn't make any sort of sense whatsoever either i i, I think that's what, just when you've given up you're like i gotta you know you gotta die of something whether it's the cigarettes or the fire but <laughs> either I, way i'm just i wish i have friends that do it like you i wish i could just have a couple cigarettes during the weekend like because no one's dying from two cigarettes on saturday <laughs> you know it's right. it's, it's th of all the things that that we have to deal with and our bodies are put through a couple cigarettes is not the problem and that's why i wish they sold lucy's why are let like, lucy's aren't <laughs> lucy's aren't legal because i think that they think that it'll it makes people get addicted and they become more readily available to children or something. I don't know what the rationale is. There's still some drive-through liquor stores in Michigan where you can buy Lucy's for a quarter or fifty cents. I forget what they are now. But I wish I've, I've, I wish you go to the bar and just when you got like, all right, I'm here for an old-fashioned four beers and then I'm going home. So I just buy four cigarettes, Lucy. I'd have my drink, cigarette, beer, cigarette, beer, cigarette, beer, cigarette, and then they're gone and I could go about my day. But I'm going to have a pack left and those are getting smoked when I get home. Right. There was a bar in Tucson called the Meat Rack, M-E-E-T Rack. Unfortunately, it closed nice. during the pandemic, but it had been around for a long time and it was a very, very colorful place. The guy who owned it, his, his legal name was God, and he... Uh, ran for mayor of Tucson every, you know, every four years and lost horribly. Um, there was a, a bondage room in the bar uh, that he would gladly give you a tour of. Wow. I, I, I'm getting sidetracked to I, what I want to get back to is the fact that whenever you ordered a beer there, they would give you a GPC uh, smoke, like, you know, the, like the bargain, the bargain brand, right. you know, good, good old construction worker cigarette Store brand. with your, with, yeah, yeah. With your, with your beer. They knew that you wanted a cigarette. They didn't want you bumming from the bartender. They're like, here's your cigarette. That's great. So you get a, it was, it was great service. And it's, but the, the place unfortunately did not make it through the, uh, through COVID. Uh, uh, it, also it, it was very gross. Uh, the, the place, uh, but kind of endearing, endearingly so, but really off putting. Right. Um, they right. had a, yeah, yeah. They had a, they, like I said, they had a bondage room in the, in the bar. Wow. Um, God, God was about 70, but he would gleefully tell you about, uh, you know, shooting pornos at the, in, in the bar and uh, things like that. Uh, they had a condom machine in, in the women's room, but it was hooked up to some lights so whenever, and, a, and a siren. So whenever somebody bought a condom <laughs> in, the, in the ladies, they would open the door to walk out of the ladies' room and a, lights would go on them and a siren. Um, I, I guess to slut shame them for, having, for buying a condom. Jesus yeah, being Christ. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's a little shamey, but it's also pretty fun. You know, well, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> especially it, if you're it, a regular it, and, you know, and you just walk out, you got to own that. You got to hold it up. Yeah, I'm going to fuck everybody. That's right. That's right. No, uh, I, you know, it, 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 the place is one of a kind. And there's there's a bunch of those places like in Arizona. I, like I said, I wanted to write a book about them. There's tons of them that are that are like that. Just owned by colorful weirdos. Yeah, that's a lot um, of fun. That's a great idea that. 
Yeah. I never understood sh- slut shaming. I always thought it was just jealousy. It's it's not it's not to me it's not shaming. It's someone who's jealous like I wish I was going to fuck a bunch of people. Wish I yeah. wish I could wish I was hot and banged everyone. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I, no one's like no one's like yeah, you're really doing the wrong thing. I'd probably be out there slamming all kinds of gas too but you know like i'm you know i'm a, i'm like i'm a christian and, and yeah you know, and I, you know i got i've got I, i've got my health to think about no you're basically just jealous you're jealous that you're not getting laid tonight and you're gonna blame it on her and not yourself um yeah no it's that's it's it's that's pathetic right uh I, you know you get perspective as you get older i probably would have thought differently when i was like 23 i was like oh yeah man you know she's banged a lot of dudes but at this point i'm like Hey, good for her. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, re- in retrospect, it always was just jealousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Whoa, you sucking everyone's dick, huh? Well, <laughs> boy, wish wish I could get my dick sucked. You know, but I'm not I'm not into sluts. You know that's not my thing. But I wish I could. Uh, you know what? Uh, See, so you like a lot of <laughs> smooth transition. You smooth uh, transitions. You like um, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good R and B group name smooth transitions that'd be a good Ooh, yeah. be a good 80s and 80s like the deal or the whispers the smooth transitions <laughs> yeah. do, do some slow jams over that <laughs> part of the bar <laughs> part of the uh the whole uh dive bar uh charm is a good jukebox a good jukebox goes a long way and you have you have a similar taste in music from what i've seen on your twitter account you you like the you like the good stuff you like seeger You'll get into a, you'll go on a dire straits tear on a Saturday. Um, and you're probably familiar that, that Carl Welzine says 357 and still the night by Whitesnake is the pinnacle of every bender. That's the moment. Absolutely. When you can safely jump off a roof of any height and fly. <laughs> if you, Carl. if you jump right, exactly, if you have the exact amount of alcohol in you in the, and jump off at that exact, and you can't be three, it can't be three minutes and 58 seconds or three fifty six. has to be perfect. You can fly and you'll just fly off like uh, Bill Burr's dad in that F is for family show, just soaring across <laughs> through the, through the, uh, <laughs> through the clouds and uh, you'll be a superhero. So, well, I have to, I have to hand it to Carl. He, he will never stop trying. Right, right. <laughs> and there's there's storylines I wrote where I was a little tuned up and I don't quite I know he jumped off a roof at some point or fell off or maybe fell off a couple times, but sometimes I was method writing and I don't quite remember like the full history of it. <laughs> when you when you go full when you go full method writing, are you the one howling at the moon on the roof too? Listening um, to uh listening to uh Shame on the Moon by by Seeger. No, but I we did have a deck, and I would sit out in this uh, Papa San, and 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 that's where I wrote most of it. And sometimes I would, I would listen to the same song over and over for a month, in every single, yeah. and it was just. And I've I've told this before, but I was trying to do, um, uh, alchemy of sorts by trying to by taking music and putting it into my ears, making it filter through my brain, and then turning into the words. And I wanted the words to give you the same feeling that the song gave you. And like when you read the Twitter account, I my whole goal was that you would feel the same way that I felt when I was listening to a certain like Motley Crue song, like Too Fast for Love or or uh, Still the Night by Whitesnake. And if I listened to it over and over again, and that was the only thing I put into my brain, I felt like the words would would 
turn into that feeling. And then it would the reader would also get the same feeling. They wouldn't know what it was, but because that song was so great and so powerful that the feeling w- would uh would they would get that and they would like the tweets more. <laughs> well, no, I I listen, I'm not going to I'll I'll kiss your ass quite a bit uh, and I will right here. It did. They, I could kind of tell that there were there were certain Carl nights where it was a little more somber, maybe some more some slower Seeger stuff you were listening to. Yeah. Uh, then there's there's Carl episodes where he's driving the Sebring around, waving a chainsaw. And I'm thinking <laughs> you're listening to, you're listening to the crew, right? And that's happening, right? And it, 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 I can't say I can pinpoint the exact songs you were listening to, but it did kind of come through in the writing. Well, I'm glad that um, came. I, I'm glad that came through a little bit. What is, what's your what is your sweet spot music? Uh, my sweet spot, oh, shit, man. Um, you're having a great fucking I, Saturday, man. You're just having a great Saturday. You're you're on like you've had like ten pops, and you know you're, you you're you feel good, and it's a perfect night. What's what is it? What is it when you're gonna? The boys are coming over. You're having a good time with Kevin. What's your song? What's your what's your yeah, album? All right. Uh, God, this is going to sound so lame, but probably so, like the almonds greatest almonds greatest hits. That's not lame at all. That's uh, a fantastic choice. We, we have but like a nice, you know, nice cool afternoon, sunny afternoon. You're listening to Blue Sky, pop, you know, popping a few beers back. That's right. great. Yeah. Um, those, those are those kind of happy tunes. But you know, I, I I run the gamut from '60s, '70s into into current stuff. Um, I I like I lean a little a little country sometimes some Waylon some Willie yeah sure um, old you know outlaw outlaw type stuff is great I'm a big fan um, I listen to Steely I listen to Steely Dan and I have for a long time great um, you know I, they're they're kind of chill that's uh, some real dark lyrics about losers yeah uh, it, it kind of speaks to me a little bit um, and then you know I, I love if I'm at a dive bar there is no better dive bar artiste than than some Bob Seger I mean he he's got probably the top five dive bar songs of all time. I mean, you've got, you know, um, fire Lake, you've got uh, shame on the moon. I've already mentioned that, but that's uh, uh, come to Papa. Um, I think her strut is one of the quintessential dive bar turns be- sure. t- songs dirty. because it's, dirty it's really song. dirty and kind of seedy, like something bad is going to happen right now. Uh, kind of, you love to watch a strut. And yeah. I, I, I kind of, it's, it's a great dive bar song. Um, but then you know, there's some more recent stuff. I like Band of Horses, uh, you know. Um, and then I, I, I try to I listen to uh, Sirius XM's uh, XMU because uh, I, I listen. I try to stay cool, um, and so I can talk to my stepson about alternative music. And also, he has me listen to Da Baby, um, <laughs> and 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 Lil and Lil Baby, Lil Baby. So there's yeah, there's well, I, you know, I got yeah, there's two babies, and I gotta I gotta listen to them both. So I can, and I have no idea what the fuck they're saying, um, but you know, I listen to them with the with the sixteen year old stepson right. to, uh, to to try to relate, be a little cool, and and I kind of enjoy. Once in a while, you I find kind of enjoy, you find one that's like, oh, this is this is fucking good. This is my this is my jam. <laughs> you start listening I, to I it on have, your own. I still, I still have I still have not heard a the baby or little baby song that I would listen to on my own. No, but I do kind of like I do kind of like being like a a nineties after school special dad that turns the chair around and sits down. And it's like, Hey, this is pretty good music. Uh, let's talk about drugs. <laughs> I'm glad you said band of horses. Cause one of my go-tos is, uh, was it? Why are you okay? Mm-hmm. That album is, is, has been my, one of my go-to sweet spot albums to put on for since it came out. I just, yeah. one of my, what's one of those modern bands and there's not a lot. 
that I love just as much as I love like Thin Lizzy, Seeger. Like there's just something about that band. I can't ever watch their live performances on like Letterman or Leno enough. I just fucking love them. And I don't know why, but it has that feeling. Well, they have a, they have a little, t- a little touch of the long hair kind of late seventies arena uh, a little bit, but also kind of more modern. I think uh, there's no skips on that album. No, it's a great one. No, it's great. And it also has a little beach boys touch to it. He has a little, yeah, a, just a little bit of that in it. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I would. I think if if I put on Thin Lizzy, I'm probably uh, I'm probably oversurfed. <laughs> and that's not. You, I can cut. Yeah, and yeah. that's not because you can it's kind bad. Of tell where you're at. But that's like, <laughs> yeah, here we go. And then if we shift into then if Motley Crue comes on or I decide it's just all hair metal. Put on hair metal ballads, just ballads. <laughs> I want the ballads on. And that's that's about time for me to call for a ride home. Yeah, yeah. When when when, they, when Skid Rose, I remember you plays for the fourth time. That's like, all right, it's time. It's time to get <laughs> right. time to get an Uber or. But it's walk so home. good. But it's so oh, good. It's so good. It is. That good. was my like my. Oh, it's great. It was like my eighth grade like end of the night dance. Like the the, the la- I, you know I'm old enough where the the last song at the end of every eighth grade dance was Angel by Aerosmith. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not really you know butt rock hair metal but it's a classic and oh, so i hear yeah. it today you know i hear it today and I, I get up and start swaying and doing the frankenstein dance like eighth grade it's, right uh yeah at the dive bar and they, they love it people, all that, i think people there yeah all that stuff is hardwired into my brain because i'm probably yeah. similar age to you and eighth grade dance was always like europe and and bands like that at the end when you when you when you uh you you gathered the courage for the entire dance the int- like you wasted the whole dance i would waste just waiting for the courage if like if i go up and ask this chick to dance at the end of the dance and she says no well it's just like i could just go leave the building and go wait outside <laughs> for my ride for my mother to come get me but if i do if it does work out then maybe you know next day at school then you know we'll have like something to talk about just a little jumping off point and um, that's that's yeah, that's smart. I mean, I yeah, you wait till the end of the night, and if she says no, you then you move to a different town and you change your name and you, you bury yourself, bury yourself in the deepest hole possible. But if she says yes, uh, I mean, that's just magic. And then and then of course then your mom picks you up and you go home and take a forty five minute shower, I guess. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you or two too because one's <laughs> I, sometimes one's not enough when well, you gotta I did, I, you know how i learned you know how i learned my stepson was going through puberty as far water bill doubled <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the bathtub starts filling up like why is the drain what's wrong with the drain what is this none of these none of these none of these socks are washing clean i, I don't know what's going on <laughs> god damn it i have i have friends that are, their kids are getting into their teen years and they tell me stuff i'm like i don't want to know this I don't want to know. Uh, I don't know what, what. What do you tell me about these boners for? <laughs> they, you know, when you did their diapers, you, you, this is this is nothing. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, sure. You, you clean up. You, yeah. You clean up a few diapers. Uh, the the. Uh, I'm a single, <laughs> but I'm a single uh, man without children, and I shouldn't be discussing other uh, the bodily functions of other teens. <laughs> it's not a hot look for me. Yeah, I hope I hope I hope we're not on a watch list right now. But uh, I think you'll be okay. This has been a pretty tame episode. There's a lot of things the uh, the 
uh, government agencies would look into a lot before the the Clue Haywood special. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm also, I I think maybe I'm sorry, I disappointed you uh, with uh, with being a little too uh, clean or vanilla. No, no, but, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I think you've been lovely. I think you've been lovely. You you do seem like a generally happy person, and I you know, pe- I am. Pe- yeah. People, I don't feel like people always like to say that I'm a happy person, you know, out loud, because we live in a society based on, uh, as far as social media goes, complaining about shit. Like, and I get it. Like, I was miserable most of the time for years. There was lots of fun times had when I lived in L.A. and New York. There's fun all the time. Always having fun. But fun and happy aren't always the same thing. They're they're very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, deciding to take what is basically, like, something that brings you joy and saying, I'm not going to do that anymore in order to be happy is a very difficult thing. And yeah, like for me, I decided what I'm doing right now is, is to take an extended hiatus from everything from my career, except for this podcast for four months, I've just decided to live a simple life in Michigan. And this is, this made me, remember what being happy and content truly is. Because like Los Angeles is a constant nightmare. Like it gives you anxiety yeah. all the time. And I've become a better person by taking a minute to see what's actually important. And what that is, is just things like simple local bars and restaurants and normal local people and fresh air and space to breathe. And that's what I like a lot about your Twitter feed is that it has it's filled with simple joys like for me the joy of having my windows down on a wide open road driving to a like a working man's golf course on a saturday afternoon and i'm not a god i'm not a, i'm not a, a a practicing a god-fearing man but it does make me thank god out loud every time for that simple thing for taking like these suicidal for lack of a better term suicidal feelings like out of my chest that yeah. We're there for so long because of the inundation of social media and the town that I lived in that was just so relentless and and vile at times. And you could never, ever get away from it. So like now when I go to a local bakery and smell the donuts and it look it's wood paneled and it looks like it has for the last 40 years and I buy a coffee cake and it costs two bucks, that gives me more happiness it's not it's fun, but it's not like fun, fun, but it does give me more joy and happiness than any professional like entertainment avenue or, or success that I've ever had. And maybe it's just that I'm old, but I, 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 I say all this to lead up to like because you you do seem like a genuinely happy person. And like what like what's your secret? What is your secret to happiness? And I hate using the word secret, but it's <laughs> applicable. But like what what brings you joy? What has brought you contentness or have not or haven't you found it yet? Uh, wow. OK. Um, it doesn't have to be a long answer. Yeah, I'm just interested no, no, because, no, I, because I you're you're you know, a very I, unique person. And, I, I, and it's interesting the way that you've kept yourself anonymous and used your Twitter account to bring you these little sparks of joy to get rid of boredom in the evening or the at your lunch hour or whatever and, and still be able to live a really reasonable, normal uh, life of a human as opposed to, 
making it your entire life to try and do this sort of thing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not in the entertainment industry, but there was never, never want to be, never was. Um, I, I think, you know, I've been through a lot of tough times uh, where I've been um, not happy and depressed and, and also trying to live up to other people's expectations of me. I think as you, I think you keyed on a, on a, on a couple things there when, when you were talking, you said, um, number one, you're a little older, so you have better perspective. Uh, but number two, you you savor certain moments a little bit more than maybe you used to before. Um, because you know, you enjoy a conversation with somebody at a bar or you enjoy, uh, you know, a, a, a pastry or a, a, a chit chat with, with somebody, you know, uh, selling you that, that coffee cake. Um, I think you just try to find your joy in, in little, little moments. I think for me, I've, I've gotten myself in a situation where I'm secure with my career, um, financially, and, you know, I can kind of, I can joke around and, 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 you know, be funny on, on Twitter. But at the end of the day, I've got a family that loves me and, you know, I, a family I, I, that I love. And, uh, also, you know, I get to take my, my weirdness out to dive bars every once in a while and yeah. enjoy the moments and enjoys and, and one of the things I've really enjoyed, uh, particularly with having this Twitter account is, um, and I'm not trying to build myself up or anything, but we've been able to help a lot of people. Um, we've been, we've raised a lot of money for the boys and girls club of Phoenix. I did uh, want to touch on that. You, you have, you have done a lot of nice things. You haven't, you haven't, we did, just, uh, you we have got, not just been selfish about it. Well, I, I love to be selfish and I love it when people talk about how smart I am and how funny I am. Believe me. Um, so in order to offset the uh, guilt, I feel about that. I, I raised money for the boys and girls clubs. We raised about $3,600 last year. Uh, after the, when the pandemic began, we, uh, me and a couple of friends of mine were able to gather, uh, basically a Google doc that had about three or four, 3,200, um, local bartenders and servers had their Venmos and cash apps on it. We had people sending them, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks here and there to try, you know, pay for groceries when the government wasn't doing shit, yeah. when their bars were all closed down and, you know, you get like 20, 30 bucks in there and you can pay, put a tank of gas in, uh, put some gas sure. in your car. You can, you can go buy some groceries and you can eat for the week, things like that. We raised, uh, at least that came through me at least $15,000 to do, uh, to those people. But I think at the end of the day, we, we probably raised over a hundred just knowing anecdotally right. on that and, uh, raised some money for some other, other good causes. Um, my, uh, we just recently uh, in Arizona, and I, like in every state, uh, education's been cut. So I've retweeted teachers' uh, Amazon wish lists, and we've bought those out. Um, you know, hundreds or even thousands of dollars worth of school supplies that are bought out for teachers that wouldn't otherwise have this stuff for their kids. So I, I've been able to use, um, you know, have a little platform, but been able to use it to, to do some good things, but also at the same time to uh, serve my own incredibly thirsty ego sure and uh, and and get and get the and get the admiration and uh, and validation that i just so desperately need. There, there's um, i mean but there's there's nothing wrong with that a little something a nah. little something for you a little something for me <laughs> you gotta scratch you gotta scratch my belly a little bit come on and you get that and you get the self-satisfaction and the joy of knowing you did something good and there's nothing wrong with that hey. there's nothing there's nothing uh, wrong with 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 fully enjoying doing something nice for other people you know because it doesn't affect <laughs> but, what, who cares what you know like it, if it do stuff that it brings you joy it brings you happiness to do something nice for someone else is a great fucking thing 
but that's I do I do I do get joy and happiness by helping other people, even though there are times today that I that I that I am a piece of shit. Um, but I, you know, I, I also try to help people out where I can and and try to maintain that balance. And that and that I guess is my it's not a secret, but that's 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 where I drive happiness from. It's great. Um, it's great. So little efforts, little little things like that goes a long way, and also. Um, it, it, it soothes your soul. It makes you realize that, yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm, part of the problem. <laughs> I, I, I might be part of the problem sometimes, you know, sure. Sometimes I don't, I don't do this and that. And I've, there's things that I regret, but if I can get to even <laughs> when I get mm-hmm. to the pearly gates, if I can be even, even yeah, Steven and be like, Hey, yeah. you broke even, come on in. I'm trying to shoot par here. That's that's what I'm trying to do. That's what par's all about. Par's great, and yeah. par's fo- if you shoot par, you're a fucking incredible golfer. <laughs> even if you even if you shoot shoot a bogey on every hole, that's still pretty goddamn good. Hey, not uh, too I've, bad. I've shot some I've shot some triples before. Believe me. Let's. Uh, I'm going to have you on again. You you you've just been a delight. Let's let's do some power tube. Um, real quick, what what are you watching on TV? What's something that that you really like lately? Oh shit, man! Uh, I I watched a lot. Well, doesn't have to be new. Doesn't have to be cool. On, I, I watch a lot of sports on TV. I'm kind of obsessed with the Righteous Gemstones. I know that's a year and a, it's been a year and a half, two years since it was on. Yeah, but they are they have just wrapped up season two. I'm ex- really excited for that to come out. It's so good. Um, I think I want I want to see the entire Gemstone extended universe. Right. Um. So yeah, that's that's my. Uh, other than I watch, you know, I watch a lot of really shitty D- Diamondbacks baseball. Um when I know what's going to happen, but I still watch anyway. Yeah. Uh, but really in terms of a show, I would say the righteous gemstones. Great. Great. It, it, it's incredible. Are you, are you a football fan? Yeah. Because it's football time, bitch. It is, it is happening. It, I'm so, Oh hell yeah. It is. My whole life is dynasty football and regular redraft football and, and red zone. And it's, it's the whole world's going to be totally cool in a couple weeks. Clue. It's all going to be, Oh, everything's going to be totally fine. <laughs> I'm going to ignore oh, absolutely. It. You can sit there on a Sunday. Yep. I don't know if you have red zone, but shit, I'll oh, sit there yeah, from 10 a.m. Red zone. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. 10 a.m. until like four 30, five o'clock red zone. My wife is pissed. Oh yeah. Cause I'm in the, cause we only get it in the living room. I don't, it's not in any of, any of the other rooms. So I'm on the couch in the living room, just eating nonstop, mm-hmm. stuffing stuff down my, down my giant Pelican gullet. Yeah. And, and uh, and watching you know Scott Hansen run an orgy of, uh, uh-huh. of between six and eight games, um, it's it's fantastic. I, I you know and, and this year we have seventeen games. I can't wait. I am a football fan. I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. I have been since they came here in 1988. Looking I good this year. There, you know, I have my doubts about the coaching. I think that there we had a couple games last year we lost because of coaching at the end. Um, we're playing in the toughest division in the entire league, the, the NFC West. Um, all those other teams got a lot better with their with their drafts and their, sure. and their free agent acquisitions. Um, we're not the Lions, uh, no. so <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I know I know you're a Lions guy. Well, we we, we find ways we find ways to lose, but the Lions are much more creative than we are. Oh yeah. Um, I, I I kind of I like the Lions' new coach because he reminds me of my high school coach. Um, <laughs> He's, like he sh- he should be wearing those really tight shorts, bike shorts. He's great. And uh, he's so great. Um, 
I think he's kind of perfect fit for for the city of Detroit. Cutting and promos. He, he's, just, oh, he, yeah. He cuts wrestling promos. He's, he's, oh, yeah. He's got... You put hard times on my lion. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what he's that's what he's doing, and it, yeah. it's it's this isn't meant to trigger anybody, but I I always I say he looks like every guy that stormed the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> he has that that angry little, angry look. A little, a little angry, a little confused. Yeah, but <laughs> like, just that, I don't know I don't know why I'm doing this, but oh yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I I I just I just love him. He's he's at least going to make it entertaining, and oh, it's gonna, it's going to be fun. It's a lot better than watching the Sasquatch you had before. Uh, oh, sit yeah. there with a pencil in his ear and 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 bark at bark at reporters when he's the one that fucked up. So. Right? No, I, I, think, I think I think I think Dan yeah. Campbell's going to really cut some promos when things get. Yeah. T- if this is how fired up he is in preseason, <laughs> yeah, once they yeah. start to really suck like really suck and reporters are going after him he's gonna lose his goddamn mind he's gonna be he's gonna eat greenies by the fistful and chase it down with a big gulp of red bull and just bark in people's ears um sitting in the base sitting in the basement of ford field drinking coffee and doing blow for the past six hours now he's ready to take now he's ready to take questions Um, I'm I'm watching Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is great this year. They've had some stinkers yeah. in the past. The Dallas Cowboys are fantastic. Just the CD Lamb highlights are fantastic. I'm also watching uh, Reservation Dogs on FX uh, Hulu, which is really really. I've good. heard that's really good. Yeah, I've heard it's that's a, really good. I had somebody ni- recommend that to me. It's a nice show, Clue. It's a nice show that like to bring me down at the end of the day. Like the last thing I watch is I'll pop. There's only like three of them out now. I think on, on the FX Hulu hashtag, not sponsored, uh-huh. but it is, it's, it's, a, it's a nice fun show in a small town. And All right. It, and it has that FX feel to it. I don't know what it is that FX does to their TV shows, but whatever it is, it has that feel to it. Let's close it out with some power grooves. Uh, my song of the week is Don't Treat Me Bad by Firehouse off their self-titled yeah. 1991 album. One of those songs that feels so good on a hot summer night with way too many cold beers. I can't stop listening to the song. I listen to it in my car. I listen to it at the gym. I listen to it on the weekend. I listen to it while I'm drinking at a at your local tavern. Um, put it in the juke. Don't Treat Me Bad by Firehouse. I don't know why, but sometimes something just really gets you. Um Give me a song clue. Give him a, give me a wreck. Oh shit. Um, God, uh, I'm going to go 17 by winger. Okay. But that's, that, that's it's a little creepy, but you know, yep. I just pop, popped into my head. I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm creepy. No, it's a good song. It's a good song. I used to have, <laughs> I used to have a stand up bit about that of where, uh, in the song Kip winger says, um, daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, you you know who also says that, Kip Winger? The fucking law. The law says that. <laughs> yep. I, I, things were a little bit loose uh, back in the day. At least it's not like, uh, what is that, Benny Navarro's who, uh, she's only 16 years old or whatever. God, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. But oh, yeah. Yeah, that one's, that one's creepy as hell. There's just something about rock musicians. They love 17-year-olds. Like the Beatles, just 17, and you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a but I know uh, what you mean. It's fucking creepy. That's what it is. I know what you mean. I think it's because I think 
I think it's just women realize that rock musicians are douchebags by the time they're about 21, 22. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I tell myself. Almost barely legal. Almost. It's just, I wrote a song about it. What do you think about this? Yeah, we should put this on the fucking radio right now. Yeah. yeah. Put your- I'd love to see I'd love to see the meeting at the at the uh, record label right now where someone's like, "Yeah, it's a song about a girl who's 16 I want to bang." And they're like, "Uh, man." It's, yeah, now that now it's like, "Okay, I got a song. She's she's just she's uh just 27 and we're going to be friends for a while and like see if we have a connection before we uh we fornicate." Yeah, that's fine. But 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 there's a whole there's a whole verse about consent. <laughs> yeah, whole verse. Whole verse. <laughs> You gotta undo all those sins from those dirtbag songs <laughs> previously recorded. All right, man, this has been great. Uh, again, if you if you'd like to be back, I, I'd love to have you back sometime. I hope you have. A, yeah, man. Hope you hope you enjoy it. This has been a boy. Put it up tomorrow. The whole world's gonna hear the greatness of you of you, Clue. Are you are you ready for your coming, uh. out, coming out party? Hell yeah, I'm 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 ready to be famous, man. All right, thank you, brother. All right, Mike. We're looking forward to the weekend, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're making power moves. Yeah, we're making power moves. Right to a Detroit groove. Just all American dudes out making power moves. Yeah. Got football on TV. My girlfriend, she's sleazy. Favorite kind of beer is free. I'm just making power moves. Sipping some natty lights. Late nights and bar frights. Rocking the Winston lights. Just making power moves. Yeah, I'm making power moves. Just doing Detroit groove. All American dudes. Just making power moves. Yeah, I'm making power moves. Rocking a Detroit groove. Just some American dudes out making power moves, out making power.